you're listening to Purposeful Woman Podcast. This is a show that will help equip you to build healthy relationships so that you'll have the foundation you need to create a fulfilled life. Hello, everyone. My name is Yolanda Postel. I'm a relationship coach and the host of Purposeful Woman. I'm so glad you were able to join me today. Let's get into this episode. Today, I have my very first guest. It's Christina Kerry Kadu. Did I get it right, Christina? Yes, well done. Yes, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Thank you. And Christina, she is a relationship mentor and she helps women release their story around relationships and men as well without feeling shame or losing their identity. So Christina and I, we both participated in a online program called Purpose to Platform. And that is where I launched my Purposeful Woman podcast. And Christina is launching her um, relationship mentor program. So I'm excited to, to see her progress. But Christina, I definitely want to hear more about you. And I know the audience will want to hear more about you as well. So tell us about your journey um, and what led you to your lowest point. Okay, well, <clears throat> that's that. That is a tough question because there were so many things actually that um, led me to my low, lowest point. I guess. Um, who? Where do I start? Right? Because um, I don't think that it is that it is only just one single thing that is leading us to our lowest point, so to speak. It's many different things that um, either start from our childhood, you know, that influence us, our way of thinking, our way of acting, our way of navigating the world. So it is a conjunction of um, a lot of things. So in order not to dive too deep into how my childhood was, which by the way, was a, a lovely childhood, um, regardless of some of the things that obviously didn't go that well. I, I suppose like every childhood, you know, life has um, roses and thorns. So it's not all about um, beauty. So it's about navigating the valleys as well. But one thing that I didn't learn as a child, which then led me to find myself in the situation that I'm going to share with you, is the fact that I didn't have a role model to help me navigate how to actually interact with the other sex. So I grew up in a very conservative household where um, my parents didn't actually want me to have anything to do with boys. So when actually all my girlfriends and, you know, friends in general in high school had their first, let's say, romantic relationships or experiences with the other sex, 
I didn't because I was not allowed to have any relationship with the other sex. So that actually created this, um, well, this not knowing of how to actually interact with boys, let's say, right? So I, for a very long time, was what I sometimes call um, chronically single. So I, for a very long time, wasn't in a romantic relationship. And when I actually found myself in a romantic relationship, I actually didn't know how to comport myself. So I was in a very toxic and abusive relationship that actually led to me completely losing the relationship I had with myself, which then actually in return meant that I completely disregarded my needs and my wants. I didn't know who I was and um, I didn't know how the sound of my own voice sounded right I didn't know what what it meant to actually voice my needs and uh, speak aloud what I wanted so when I found myself in, in, in that relationship, I also found myself struggling, not knowing how to actually handle the situation. Um, I don't know if I answered your question. I think I went on, off on a tangent here. No, no, you did answer my question. And it's very interesting because it is, you know, our parents, God bless our parents. As they say, they do the best they can with the tools that they have emotionally, physically, you know, there, as they say, there is no parenting manual. They, they come into life just trying their best. And, um, you know, I too grew up in a household that was pretty strict. So probably not as strict as yours, but definitely strict enough. And it is during the, our teen years and our formative years that we learn to develop those positive social interactions with the opposite sex and, you know, with anybody in every age group. And so you didn't learn that. And so obviously it carried forward into your relationships because, um, you know, I guess if you're not learning how to communicate in a healthy way or you, you have discomfort with even communicating with, um, with men as, an, as a grown woman, then yes, I could definitely see how that hindered your relationships. So what were some signs that you needed? Or should I say, did you have a particular pivotal moment or were there some signs that you began to see within yourself that made you realize that, you know what, I need to make myself uh, a top priority? What mm. were those signs or um, what was a pivotal moment, e either one, that made you say, you know what, I have to make a change? Hmm. The funny thing was that I actually, I mean, there were lots of signs actually from the beginning, from the very beginning of our relationship when actually things were still rosy and peachy, but I chose to ignore those signs. 
what actually then led me to open my eyes to the truth and to the reality of what was going on was the fact that people that were dear to my heart started speaking out and actually pointing out that things weren't right. They noticed that, um, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't sparkling anymore. I, I, I was a shadow of, my, of myself and they asked me what was going on, but I was unable to speak the truth. I was ashamed that I had allowed this to happen to myself. And when I say this, I mean to find myself in a relationship where I wasn't taking care of myself, where I was being manipulated to do things that I didn't want to do. I felt that that was throwing a bad light on myself. So for a long, for the longest time, I was actually trying to hide what was going on. And it was actually those friends that alerted me, as stupid as that may sound, alerted me to the fact that something was wrong. They basically, it was like a nudge, a nudge to, to at least admit to myself that what I had realized to be wrong, to actually accept that and, and, and say, yes, there is something very wrong going on here in, in, in this relationship. And, um, but I didn't have the courage to, to end things. I wanted to, there was many times where I wanted to actually end things, but I just wasn't strong enough. And I believe that I wasn't strong enough because I didn't open up about the truth. I didn't confide in no one to get the help that I needed because shame was holding me back. So I have to say that I was very blessed that he himself ended the relationship. At the time, that um, didn't seem like a blessing. I thought... I didn't know anything but being in that relationship, even though it was terrible, it was like living hell, but I didn't know anything else. So at least that, that was familiar to me. You know, the hell that I was living was familiar to me. So I was afraid of how life could be on the other side. So when he ended things, I actually was gobsmacked and I didn't know how I was going to carry on. But after some time, after, let's say, the veil shifted and the emotions started dying down and I was able to have a clear head and see the situation for what it was, I realized that that was the biggest blessing I could have actually received. So I'm going to say that the, the, tell, the signs were actually friends noticing and speak speaking up about about it and telling me that something was wrong there and I'm very thankful that they cared enough to actually say it out loud because I know that it is difficult 
when you are outside of a relationship to speak to something that is going on behind closed doors that doesn't um, regard you, that is between two other people, but people who know you and care about you they and who are actually true friends will speak up about those things. And I feel very blessed to have had those people in my life. And that, that's a great thing that you did have them there for you. And it's interesting too how you allowed shame to stop you from speaking. And shame traps so many people into relationships or situations that just aren't healthy. And they stay stuck in that place of shame. But, you know, God does not want us to, to stay in a place of shame. He wants us to, he's there to forgive us. He's there to help us. He's there to move us forward, right? So I am so glad that you were able to mm. break free from shame and then take the steps to move your life in a positive direction. And when it comes to the family members, I know you're so thankful for them as you know, they, they were your lifeline, it seems. They, mm. uh, you may not have realized they were your lifeline, but it appears they were your lifeline trying to pull you out. And um, I recently did a podcast episode on family and boundaries, but I did put that one statement in there that this is not related to situations when it comes to abuse, because I, I've seen a family member in that and family is the lifeline that, you know, mm. shines the light and say, Hey, <laughs> this is, this is a bad situation. And it is, it's, it's, um, it's heartbreaking for them to witness because there's so much that they can do um, to see that person's light go out because there is life in the eyes. And um, I'm sure you may have seen it in other people. You look into their eyes and they may be smiling, but the, the life and the light in their eyes is gone and you let them and it lets you know, or you could see that there's really something deep that they're going through, but maybe mm. they're not willing to share. But I am so glad. Well, I can clearly see that you are completely healed from that, <laughs> you know, um, and I'm just glad to see that you made the decision to save yourself, to make yourself the priority and to just live the life that you needed to live for you. And um, so after you left the relationship, and so now here you are, you're on your own, you're starting over. Mm -hmm. What steps did you take to heal and develop a healthy mindset? Did you read any particular books or did you go to therapy or did you just create some practices on your own that helped you make it through that season of transition? Mm. Well, God had uh, placed in my heart to start reading a lot. I think, I mean, I was, I was always an avid reader. I always loved books. Even as a child, I think I had more 
friends and books than actually in people. I only later in life developed um, true friendships. But so he placed that love for books in my heart. And I would say probably six to nine months prior to him breaking up with me, I started reading even more intensely. Um, gosh, I mean, I, co I couldn't list all the books that I've read during the time, but let me say that they were all, they, they would mostly fall under the category of self-development. So I was actually, and I think that that may be actually an interesting um, sign that uh, often people who find themselves in a toxic and abusive relationship are trying to find the fault in themselves and actually ask themselves, what am I doing wrong? How could I actually be better? And then they try to find the answers in self-development books. And um, so I started reading a lot of self-development books. That was something that helped me. But also... The I realized that I had completely, like I said earlier, lost the relationship to myself. I didn't even know who I was anymore, what I wanted, because I was so used to always doing what he wanted. We were always doing stuff that he liked that I didn't even remember what it was, what I liked apart from reading. So in that time that followed after the breakup, I had so much time on my hands that I had time to actually invest in doing in trying out things. So I tried a lot of things. I tried theater because I felt the need to really express myself. So I actually did uh, some acting I started trying out lots of sports and I discovered tennis for myself. And luckily, one of my closest friends at the time and still close friend now, he is an avid tennis player. So we started playing twice a week, which was great. So I started moving my body again. I started feeling my body again, because that was something I'd lost as well. You know, I had no relationship to my body either. I didn't know what my body needed and wanted. And with that friend, we also started uh, going on culinary trips. So once a week, we would meet to just go and try different cuisines and restaurants. I discovered meditation for myself. I... Um, realized that I needed a support net because it wasn't enough to just have one person in my life. I realized that you can't rely on one person being your everything. You know, that one person, let's say, be it your partner, cannot be your partner, your friend, your confidant, um, your circle of friends and everything I mean, it's good. To, I, I'm not saying that your partner shouldn't also be your best friend and your confidant. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that it's great if, you, if your partner is all of that, but you also need friends in your circle to Absolutely. do things with, whether that is 
doing sports or just meeting up and um, speaking or doing other activities, but you need a support net. And I didn't have that. So I realized that my life wasn't full in that respect. So I realized that there were lots of things that actually make up a healthy and happy life. So that is apart from the, let's say, romantic relationship, it's your social network, it's your health, it's, and that doesn't only apply to your physical health, but your mental health, hence the meditation. It also applies to your financial health because you have to be able to stand on your own two feet. You um, are responsible for your own happiness. I, I can't put all that weight onto some one person and think that this one person will carry all that weight. So I realized that I needed to invest in all these different pies, let's say. All, all these little sections make out the whole pie. So I invested a lot of time in cultivating friendships, cultivating my health, cultivating my finances, cultivating my mental health. Unfortunately, and I'm saying unfortunately, I didn't um, do therapy. I think it would have definitely helped me um, work through everything a lot quicker. It took me 10 years to get over that relationship. And I'm sure that with therapy, I would have speeded up the process a little bit. I'm not saying that we have to speed up everything, but I think it would have helped me definitely to speak with a professional about what was going on. And it's definitely a consideration that I'm having, even now, 10 years later, I'm actually very open to find a therapist and actually work through some of the things that are still, let's say, haunting me sometimes, right? Because I don't think that one can say that healing is a thing, um, something with an end, with an ending. So it's something that is like an onion. There's lots of layers of healing, you know, I've peeled off quite a lot of layers and I've healed a lot of the issues, but I think I can go deeper and I am definitely willing to, sit together with a therapist and look at what we could tackle together and maybe also get some advice as to how to navigate some of, of the issues that I still need to heal. I love the approach that you took to your healing process because you took a, of course it took time and I think that's the one thing everybody needs to understand or should understand that when we go through a situation that's traumatic, healing is not going to happen overnight. And mm -hmm. sometimes we might see a person a year from now and think that they're a hundred percent themselves and not realize that inside they're still dealing with certain situations. But I love it that you dealt with the physical aspect, you know, you, got your body moving and you became creative. You got in touch with your creative side um, by taking the classes, the, the, the acting or drama classes and 
getting your body moving with sports and, you know, finding time to, to quiet time to, to meditate and read. And um, I think all of those aspects are important dealing with your finances, because of course, when you leave a relationship, you're, when you're in the relationship, you have that little bit of a financial cushion, even though I don't think anybody should ever get too comfortable, <laughs> but um, it's learning how to financially just handle everything all on your own again. So um, I just love it how you took the complete package. It wasn't, you didn't focus on one thing. You took everything that you needed to be whole and worked on each and every one of those areas. Obviously you probably didn't do them all at the same time. Maybe you focused on one thing here and there, but you know, I'm glad that I met the Christina that I know today. Um, and I'm sure your wisdom is, definitely valued by many others. Um, and when it comes to therapy, I think I, th I think therapy is definitely more acceptable. And I don't know how it was when you were growing up, but I know that there was a time when therapy, especially in the community of people of color, was not looked at um, as a thing that is positive or that as a thing that we should do. It was more so, well, keep what's going on with you in your home and don't share it and therapy isn't necessary. But I think that that led to a whole generation of people. Um, what is, there was a, a saying that someone said, you know, you're, you're bleeding all over the people that you're trying to help. And so I think it led to a whole generation of people bleeding all over people that they were trying to help, you know, people that weren't healed themselves. Um, so I think it is important to not only do those steps, but if a person needs to take therapy, definitely, definitely do it. And then, um, of course, I, I think there I don't see anything wrong with a person if they are going through something um, be it small or big. Sometimes we just want to talk through something with someone that's not our close, close friend and not our close family member, but um, just somebody else. <laughs> yes, totally. Sometimes, I mean, our friends don't have the capacity to listen to our problems the same way a therapist has. And that is not to say to diminish our friends. It's just, it's, you know, sometimes it's too much for our friends as well. You know, they can only help up to a certain point and it takes the knowledge and the wisdom of a therapist to actually take us that step further. And um, I totally agree with what you said about therapy, having that stigma um, of maybe sometimes being a luxury perhaps, right? Of something that only people, um, I don't know how to, how to say it, but like, I think luxury is probably for a lack of a better word, the best um, analogy that I can find at the moment. It's And some, I think there may have been a little bit of stigma. Some people may say, oh, or am I going to be looked at as weak because I need to go to therapy? And mm. I don't think that's the case. 
No, it's it actually speaks of uh, strength and courage. You know, it it takes courage to seek help and to have the wisdom to understand that you have come to your wits ends and you need the support of someone else. So I'm all for therapy and I think it's definitely a valuable tool towards healing. Well, that concludes this week's podcast. Tune in next week to hear the second half of my interview with Christina Kirikadu. Be sure to subscribe to Purposeful Woman on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Podbean. And don't forget to rate and review. To be the first to hear each new episode drop weekly, tune in to queendomglobalnetwork.com on Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, and 12 p.m. Eastern. And remember, healthy relationships are the foundation for a fulfilled life.